At number three, the mere mention of his name gets me mad. Sammy Nazri. Hello, welcome back to the N17 podcast. My name's Cosmo, and tonight I'm joined by Glenn and Eddie. Hello. And tonight we'll be reacting to the Liverpool and Brighton performances. It's fair to say that everyone in the in the Spurs community, like if you look on Twitter and whatnot, everyone's feeling pretty down at the moment. Um, just saw an athletic uh, piece about whether Jose is now locked into a doom spiral, uh, the likes of which we saw at his third season at United and um, third season at Chelsea. And um, <clears throat> it's just not looking very good, is it? I mean, how, how have you guys been been feeling in the last few days following that Brighton result? Um, personally, um, I think I've made my um, opinions felt regarding like the way we played football um whilst maintaining that like Jose is a, a winner in the sense that you know historically it's proven that um he will win you something um it might not leave your club in a good position by the end of his tenure but he will he will um lead you to 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 um some sort of success and um just looking at the way we've been performing and then especially in the last two games, I know we'll go into detail um, about both of them. At what cost um, does winning come at? Because in my opinion, the Carabao Cup, uh, if we just get a Carabao Cup at the end of this, this, um, this season and we don't get top four and we don't win the Europa League, that can't be deemed as a success. So, and and I, and I believe like that's the way we're playing at the moment. We've got to a Carabao Cup final um, through some you know some good football and some good fortune, um, and I think you know Jose Mourinho's um, uh, his um, let's say his like fort, forte is um, you know those one-off games. So I think we still have a good chance against City to win a cup, but at what cost? Because we can't throw away our season and his success can't be deemed or uh, judged because he's broken that trophy, that trophy curse. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of just, I'm definitely questioning the cost at which, um, you know, we can attain some success because I really don't enjoy watching football, uh, especially Spurs at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, just the, I think the best word to describe how I'm feeling is deflated. Just just deflated. Like we we were in such a great position before Christmas, um, playing all right football. Like we were catching teams on the break, like better teams on the break, and then we were actually breaking worse teams down. But that Brian game was just shocking. And I and moving on from Eddie's point, actually, um, or taking on from Eddie's point. Um, I saw a Spurs fan on Twitter. I wasn't sure. I can't remember who it was, but they likened um, having Jose Mourinho as a manager to going on a slim fast diet. You know them shakes you take. You don't eat them <laughs> a day, but, but, but you just drink shakes all day. So you lose the weight. You lose like two stone in two weeks. But at what cost? Yeah, like, I, what, think, I think it's worth your body in tatters. I think I'd take it further than that. I'd say it's like that Matthew McConaughey diet in Dallas Buyers Club. Just, just eating oh, the, Christian, the, the Christian, the Christian Bell diet for the machinist. Yeah, just, yeah. just yogurt and an apple. That's all yeah. it is. I, I think, weirdly, I think that he will leave us in somewhat a better place in terms of our squad depth because we needed a rebuild anyway. We needed to hash out some of the players who had bad egos and get in some best players. I think having someone like Hoybear on a long-term contract is never going to be bad. If we get to sign Son on a long-term contract while Jose is manager, that's always good as well. But I'm, I'm kind of looking into the future without Jose already. I'm not Jose out. I'm still Jose yeah. in, but it, Well, I it, think, Glenn, me, me and you are probably more pro-Jose than, than most, I would say. Definitely you. Yeah. Um, but I'd say yeah, I, definitely I'm, me. Definitely. I'm always quite 
pro him. I'm never pro firing him, but yeah, yeah I think it says it all that we're already thinking about the next yeah. manager who might come in because exactly. I never did that under Poch. And if I did it under Poch, it was sort of like having cold cold shivers, like bed shakes. I was like, oh my God, what's going to actually happen when Poch leaves? It wasn't in a positive yeah. sense. Whereas this is like, hmm, it's like, it's like thinking of the UK after the vaccine fully drops. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's it what is. it kind of is like. And I don't think following your football team should be like that. Um, yeah. Just just to make a bit of a broader point based off what one of you two said, I can't remember who actually said it, about the football not always being that bad. I think it was you, Glenn. Um, yeah. I, I think, and I know this will be to the pleasure of many West Ham fans, I still think we're we're in a hangover from that West Ham game. I know that sounds a bit ridiculous because it's months ago, but I think before then we had actually fine-tuned things to like quite a nice level where there was some defensive solidity that's come in since that, which was courtesy of that post-lockdown run, trying to, just trying oh, to get yeah. Europa League, finishing sixth, fifth. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he started to allow the, the front forward players to like, do their own thing because some of the goals yeah. we were scoring in that like Southampton win, um, mm-hmm. in the Man U win, in the in the first half of that West Ham game, like it was honestly like some of the best goals I've seen Tottenham score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think that since that Lanzini shot went in, we've just been sort of like Jose Jose ball at his most negative. But um to bring it onto the Brighton game, um and I see this as a hangover from the Liverpool game that went into the Brighton game. The biggest concern for me is our defence looks so weak in the moment. And you think <laughs> with a with a Jose side, at the very least, you have yeah. a solid defence. And I know the Jose lovers on Twitter and stuff will say, oh, he hasn't got the players, he hasn't got the players, blah, blah, blah. But he's had like 18 months. Uh, 18 well, months now. Has he had 18 months? No, he's yeah, had... It's eight- no, nah, yeah, so he, he, well, he came well, in in November. So yeah, getting towards eighteen months mm-hmm. with with these players, I don't. That's not an excuse. Plus, like he has upgraded in some senses the defense. Like he's I'd, been allowed to bring in Roden, um, who the jury's still out on. Uh, but Reggion is a big upgrade, and at the very least, like you can coach these defenders into better defenders. I don't think they're bad per se. The one, the one thing I will say about the defence in the Brighton game, we actually played what I would consider to be zero of jo- Jose's first choice back four. None of them. Mm-hmm. Because Reguilón's going to play left back in Jose's first choice. Or he's going to be right back. Or Doherty. Because uh, God knows why Soko is playing right back. I'm, I'm looking at Dyer as uh, our main centre-back. And then... I don't I, I don't see us having a long term partner for Dyer at the moment. Um whoever Rodon, fits. Right? Yeah, whoever whoever fits, but while while you're watching Spurs against Brighton and you're playing Sissoko right back when he when like Cosmo was saying, actually previous to sort of the last five, six games, Sissoko's been playing in midfield with Hoybier, allowing Ndombele to become the player that he's become this season and when Sissoko's playing right midfield or right back or not on the pitch at all I really think it limits our attacking players because it means that our right back can't go forward and it means that Ndombele doesn't have the freedom as well it just it really doesn't make sense to me why why we, why for the last six games Sissoko hasn't played in the centre of midfield yeah I think um, I absolutely agree with Glenn in the sense that the the selection has been puzzling, to say the least, um, because um, it seems as though we'd found the right balance with the midfield three of Sissoko, Hoybier and Dombele. Um, with, with Sissoko not necessarily playing as part of a double pivot, definitely doing a lot of um, midfield running, uh, particularly on on that right side of the midfield, covering that wing back position um, and allowing our fullbacks to go forward. I think whether whether it's through like necessity or whether it's down to Jose wanting to 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 play a different way, 
um, I agree with Glenn in the sense that it's very much limiting. It's limiting the transition in midfield, which is um, something that we struggled with before Ndombele um, joined Spurs. Well, before both um, the Celso and Ndombele joined Spurs. We, since Dembele left, the transition from midfield to attack was was so, so poor. Like, we just couldn't get it going. Like, we had, um, since um, Dembele left, we had two double, uh, two, two defensive midfielders who couldn't carry the ball in Winks and Sissoko in, a, in the sense that, you know, in a constructive sense, the way Dembele did in starting the attacks from deep. Um and Dombele has the ability to do that, and we've seen that this season. But if he's playing in a, in a midfield two, um, it, it leaves a huge space if he tries to carry the ball. And that leaves us short at the back. And, you know, Sissoko can't play two roles. He can't play in central midfield and, and that right wing back at the same time. It, it just doesn't work. And um, this, we don't know what's happened between um, Aurier and, and Jose, whether it's a personal thing. Uh, for Aurier, um, it's fair to say that Doherty, although that was a Mourinho sign-in, it hasn't gone to plan. Um, he's been putting in some really poor performances and consistently poor. Um, it's hard to see how we're going to fix it um, without Aurier moving back into the side, Sissoko moving back into midfield, and then Domble allowing... Because we're definitely going to need that going forward in the next couple of weeks with Kane potentially, um, you know, being out and not wanting to rush him back because that always causes further injuries for Kane. And, and we know how how, um, how how weak his ankles are at this point. So rushing him back would be a big, big mistake. Um, and yeah, the, the, the most uh, frustrating thing watching that Brighton game was because there was such a disjointed uh, transition from midfield to attack, we couldn't get them to our attackers, and and mm. the point that you made in 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 the in the running order is that between the is it the seventieth minute in the Liverpool game, forty ninth, forty ninth, yeah, forty ninth minute in the Liverpool game to the thirtieth minute with a p dribble of a shot from Bergwijn, we had no terrible. shots um, on goal, so not even no shots on target. We had no shots on goal, and um, that's a continuation of the fact that we didn't shoot on goal um, after the 39th minute against Wolves. We haven't had a shot on, we didn't have a shot on goal in the second half against Leicester. This is not a one-off. This is like consistently uh, been an issue. I mean, this is bad. I never thought I'd be on the podcast talking about, oh, like it, it was great when we used to have shots on goal. Like <laughs> it's such a fundamental part of football to shoot. And, and we're literally, we're playing on like, it's like austerity football, man. Like, what, what? it's like we're, we're, rations, we're being, rations. yeah, ration, yeah. We're, we're rationing our shots. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, of lambda yeah. spread. What you said about the the transitions is so true, man. Like, I'm sure anyone who was who was watching the the game would just be able to conjure this in their mind right now. With the ball will just will come into our defense. Someone like Alderweireld will take possession, and then just boot it into nowhere. Like yeah. there was just yeah. there was just nothing. And but the thing is, is that like I feel like for most Spurs fans, like I'm so sort of broke, like worn down by it now that I just watched that game in in complete apathy. Like I just yeah. I almost, it's not that I didn't want us to score, but it was like, it was almost getting to the point where like, I was like, I don't even care what happens. No, that's, you're that's numb. a horrible situation. You're completely to numb to it. Mm, yeah. yeah. You're, com- numb you're to completely it. numb to the whole situation. You're just like, oh, like, draw, draw really, really made me numb. Like, I saw Bale pick up the ball. He skipped inside one player and then he tried to do a crossfield pass to someone and it didn't go 10 yards. It did not go ten yards. He tried to. I see, yeah, yeah. Remember the one? Yeah. <clears throat> he tried. Yeah. He tried to. He chipped it in the middle of the pitch. He, he tried to switch. It was the ridiculous. Ball, yeah. Forty yards. He tried to hit it forty yards, <laughs> and he chipped it to their centre midfielder. They've yeah, gone on oh a break. Yeah. They've gone on a break and narrowly not scored. And I was just like, you know what? It's, it's, it's time to just just not even be emotional about football anymore. Just <laughs> just just numb, numb yourself to any emotional. Like attachment you have to any player because 
that. It was just this, like it was just the end for me. It was a straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> in that game. I can't lie. The concerning uh, was... thing for me with Bale was that I see myself in him, and I don't think you should be able. <laughs> I don't think you should be able to see five hundred as a footballer in yeah in a five hundred k a week footballer because let me, let me explain that so. Back when I was playing Sunday League, I considered myself to be quite a decent Sunday League player. Um, I stopped playing like sort of like seriously every week in, uh, when I was about 18 at uni. And then every now and then you get the call to go to a five-a-side. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be able to empathise with this. And five minutes in, your chest is burning, your lungs <laughs> are on fire. You can't run anymore. You... Tr- and th- this is the worst part. You go to do like a little skill that you used to be able oh, to my do days, so easily. Off your foot. And it doesn't even like, for me, it doesn't even flop off my foot. Like I end up, because I'm so slow, my body just telegraphs what I'm going to do completely. And the person will just t- take it from me and then just walk off with the ball. And I'm like, shit. Like when I was 16, the ball would just, just be behind the defender by now. I would be around him. And I saw Bale do that. To Adam Webster. Oh my god. When he tried oh, to no. when he tried to use his pace to burn past <laughs> Adam Webster. And Adam Webster, oh. this like six foot five Brexit defender, just literally just turns around and just walks and collects oh, the ball. No, the I was like one. Bale was finished, man. It, it's, it was the worst one. Was it is it Dan Byrne? Dan Bird? Dan Byrne? Both, uh, Webster, I think he, he came on late. I think it was Webster early on. Webster oh. for both, man. Webster, not it didn't even happen once. The worst one, I think, Glenn, what you're thinking about is when he made a break from defence. He carried the ball from defence through the yeah. midfield. And Bell yeah. was chasing him and he couldn't catch up. He couldn't oh catch up God. to Webster, man. He couldn't catch up yeah. to a six-foot-four centre-back. A centre-back, a proper centre-back. He got burned. It's, it's not even like he got turned and then and then and then... The geezer burnt him over 30 yards <laughs> with the ball. The guy with had the, the ball. ball. Bale, yeah, didn't, yeah. Bale didn't even have... Oh, I lost it. I was gone. I... Do you know, do you think... know what it is with Bale? Like, I feel like he's he's come to us sort of basically to rediscover his form on loan. But he's in damaged. a situation where he's deteriorated so much where we need to loan him to someone like Plymouth Argyle to rediscover his form. <laughs> it, it, it's got that bad. And I hate... I hate speaking ill of Bale because, to be honest, he probably is my favourite Spurs player of all time after Jermaine Defoe, of course. How can you not love it's almost, JD Goals? I, I was going to actually say this as well. I, I, I wanted to mention the fact that it's almost tarnishing his own reputation at Spurs. Like, what he's doing now is it could get to the... I'm not saying it is at that point yet because, obviously, I still remember the great times we had with Bale. But if he does this, like, consistently for... The end till the end of this season, and then goes into next season, gets another loan with us, I and he does it again. It could, it could really, it could really tarnish his like legacy as a Spurs player. Uh, as a, I don't as think it will. I think even if he carries on like this, like I'll be able to compartmentalize like what he was versus when he came back. On yeah, loan. there's still magic moments. And I'll still be able to think like I'm glad we at least tried it. I, I am. I'm still glad that we at least tried, and we got him back on loan. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and. You know, there's nothing you can do about that. I think the only way he's going to get back to anything like his best is if Jose starts starting him in games and he just looks so off the pace. You don't want him starting games at the moment. Definitely, minutes, definitely, you can't give definitely him not. Definitely yeah, he, yeah, not. Exactly. If, definitely not if you're keeping out someone with a bit more energy. And obviously I've spoken about Lucas in the past and what I like and what I dislike about him. Um, but... I don't see how Bale keeps Lucas or, and I'm sure we'll come on to this, Ali out of the Tottenham side. I don't understand if I don't understand how he keeps them both out of the side with the performances that he's been putting in. I think I think there was a glimmer of hope um, when he played against Wickham, um, but there's always that pinch of salt um, when you're playing against opposition who are so obviously of a different class to you. And um, like we were saying beforehand, um, even in the Europa games, Bale didn't didn't look particularly good. And Plymouth are sorry, not Plymouth. Who put that thought in my head now? Um, <laughs> Wickham, Wickham are not even at that level. 
Um, and yeah, that, sorry, they're a step below that level. And Burl looked decent against them. And I still think he was, uh, it took at least a half to get into the game. And that's against bottom of the championship. And they just lost 7 2 to Brentford on the weekend. God. So, what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at with the, with Bell in particular, I know that we've gone on to, got on to, gone on to him now, is that we're not in a position to work people back into form. We're in a position where we need to get results. Yeah, we're in survival mode, basically. Exactly. And there isn't any time for someone to rediscover their form unless it's someone like Son who has to play, uh, in my opinion, who, you know, who has to play because personally, I think Son um, can go a, 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 go a game without playing particularly well, but still score. And I think, you know, I haven't seen that from Bell at the moment. And I think that um, if we're going to carry players, I'd rather carry a player like Son than Bell in this team at the moment. And start someone who's actually going to give us a little bit something a little bit different because Bell's not going past defenders, and he's also and his quality on the ball when he tries to switch the ball when he tries to shoot is also off. Then what is he offering besides slowing down the attack? Well, the weird thing is is that he still has two Premier League goals to his name, so there is there is a argument you could make that maybe he should play as the striker, but um, based off that performance against Brighton, I can't see it happening. Um, but one of the things which I think was a slight positive was I actually think Vinicius looked pretty good. Yeah. Like when, when everyone pretty much had a bad game, he was the one person who looked who looked bright, I thought. And um, he's quite unlucky not to score, actually. It was a decent save by really, Sanchez. Very good save. Mm-hmm. Very good save. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that was, a be- that was probably the best yeah. save of the game. Yeah, it, it was. I think it was, it was almost the best chance of the game. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. There was another one uh, that uh, Brighton had. But <clears throat> I would say that in the first half, our best player was David Sanchez. Mm. And he got taken off at half-time. Our best player was David Sanchez and he got taken off at half-time. That goes back to the, 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 the selection choices. It, it, it seems baffling that we're we it, it seemed basically it seemed like that that team was um not necessarily picked on form although we saw Dyer and Doherty dropped but definitely some of the players were in there because of their reputation because they've been in similar positions like this like I think Alderweireld, Bale, um, Sissoko they were picked because they've been through this before but like Glenn said like. Davinson Sanchez was probably our best defender in a in a in a poor half, and he got taken off. Um, and and Alderweireld, who I thought was pretty poor in that game, apart from the you know that world class um, save off the line, um, I thought he was pretty. Uh, um, I don't know how many of the viewers know about the situation with Vertonghen. Obviously, at the time we thought, you know, oh my god, Vertonghen's aged five five years in about five months. Um, Obviously, it's come out since then that he may have been suffering some residual effects from that concussion, um, which is obviously just a terrible thing to hear um, in regards to that situation. But I, I personally feel that Alderweireld's in a similar situation where it looks like he's aged considerably over the last five months, where he looks at least five yards slower and his um, decision-making is not as sharp as it used to be. And, 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 and also... He um, seems to be not as ambitious in his passing um, in terms of trying to look for... I'm not sure if the runs are not right, but it seems like his passing has been less ambitious and I don't know if it's a coaching thing or, or maybe he just doesn't... doesn't He's not confident in, in his inability to make those passes anymore. It's, it's worrying because we do want to see our best defenders start and we thought that having Alderweireld alongside Rodon... Um, would steady the ship a bit, and that didn't seem to be the case. Um, but you know, again, we lost one nil, and this is this is the thing that I'm gonna like we, um, that that's gonna be weird to look at at the end of the season because we're gonna have dropped so many points. But in terms of defensive numbers, we've been probably one of the best defenses in the league, which is so weird to think about. Well, um, I suppose it's easily balanced out by the fact that we don't 
take we shots after we go yeah. ahead. So that I mean, that's why it's not like you know, it's it's not like we're keeping clean sheets. We're we're conceding one or two, and we're, we're drawing or losing. So it's not that we can't score either. Like it, it feels like an instruction to me because we have the quality to score. Like like I said, go back to the West Ham game. Watch the goals. They're insane. They're, they're, they're like pieces of football in art. Like these these players have the capability to score goals and they're on the leash. But um, I wouldn't say that. Oh, it, it, it's just difficult for me, man. Like, because is is nostalgia playing a factor? Like, I, I really like Jose Mourinho, you know, back in the day when he was at Porto, when he was at uh, Inter, when he was at Chelsea. And maybe I'm still letting that cloud my judgment. I still want him to succeed. And and I like him as a person as well. Like, you know, we've always been fans of his Instagram and stuff. And yeah. I like him in interviews. He's very, like, personable. But, like, I don't know. So, some of the stuff, coaching-wise, some of the stuff just looks so bad yeah. right now. I, I th- I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if we mentioned it in our Spurs group chat or someone else did about um, the Real Madrid players laughing about Jose Mourinho mm. tactics and saying yeah, he had this attacking football. Yeah, they, they had this. He had this imaginary <laughs> attacking yeah. attacking situations book that he never brought out. The peaking, he, he always, the, the yeah, peaking, peaking manual. Yeah, the peaking <laughs> manual that, that he never brought out. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to begin to believe it honestly because our, our attacking players. We didn't. Do you remember a single time that we got in behind Brighton? No, Brighton. And they've, like got they a, they've, they, they've, they've not got a quick... I, I don't remember us getting out of our half. That's, <laughs> they, 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 don't, they weren't even playing incredibly deep. No. Half the time they were playing... They're playing they're oh, half, on the halfway line. line. Yeah. And we didn't get in behind them once with Bergwijn's son and Bale. Even the likes mm. of um, uh, Lamperty weren't playing as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's imagine, imagine if they had shocking. someone like Lamptey on the, on the wings. We would have been toast, man, like... Well, especially sense. since Ben Davies was getting absolutely rinsed, um, and they didn't even have a wing back on the pitch. Well, yeah. they, they had the someone track. in that position, but you weren't <laughs> you weren't playing wing back. Yeah, Glenn's a well known hater of Ben Davies, and I've always like <laughs> sort of defended him, but some of the stuff he was doing in that game was just nonsensical. Like some of the misplaced passes, I just couldn't. My, get my personal favorite, my personal favorite. I put this out there, and I'm like, Glenn was going to recognize this. Is, <laughs> The supposed when he tried to cross it from the edge of the box. Oh no! <laughs> and it went towards it went towards the centre circle. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, "Oh, but... forget it!" It went straight to their centre midfielder, like or even their striker. It was towards the. It didn't go into the box. It went towards the centre circle. It it was harder for him to get the ball to go backwards than it was to get in the box, and he managed to put it on a plate for one of their players to go for an attacking option. It, it, it was genuinely a million in one pass. Yeah, it's a great pass. By accident. Yeah, and yeah, he made it's a great by accident. Pass. Yeah. The, the geezer is a clown. <laughs> the geezer is a clown. It was, <laughs> right, it was a top, if I'm being honest, it was a top quality pass to a wrong person. I've had enough of anyone defending Ben Davies. He should not be playing in a Spurs shirt ever again. Ever. Oh, good thing he's in a Liverpool again. shirt then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd have paid them to take him away. Take him away. Take both. Yeah, take both. I'll, I'll pay for the removal van. He's he's a trash footballer. All right, let's go to a little break um, and then come back for part two to talk Liverpool. Are you guys are excited about that? Yeah, Woo. clearly. Woo. I've got Salah as my captain. All right, oh, welcome back stunts. to the second half of the N17 pod. Um, yeah, I just pressed mute instead of record. It's probably indicative <laughs> of what I want to be doing right now rather than talking about the Liverpool game. Um, but needs must. I think we might as well... Let, let's not analyse it as like a, as, as a play for play. I think we might as well talk about the, the main points from it. Um, although quite an interesting alternate history would be if that Son goal scored, uh, counted in the, in the... What was that? Like the second minute? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it, basically that that timeline is um, the same timeline where we don't get a penalty given us uh, in the Champions League final. It's that timeline. That's so accurate. <laughs> that and, so accurate. And, 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 and the same thing for uh, Edison handballing the ball outside the box, which was never reviewed. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, but we don't talk about that timeline because it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, it was a. Uh, it's God. I I remember the feeling because it it's this is Spurs at its most purest form where we have a decision go against us very early on in the game where we get the upper hand and for, for whatever reason, either it gets disallowed or something like the Lucas um, handball when Kane put it away against Sheffield. I think it was Sheffield. Um, yeah, yeah. Those moments in games seem to completely destroy us. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's like a, like a voodoo curse or because just as a just as a just as a mental like the club mentality we just our heads are on the you know our jaws are on the floor when um when um decisions like that go against us and and, and it's just so incredibly unlucky because as I was saying to my dad what advantage does Son get um from from that position because his back is facing goal um and if he's a yard ahead, yeah. If he's a yard, if he's a yard ahead, the ball just gets to him quicker. Mm. And, and and that's the most frustrating thing because he didn't gain an advantage from that position, and he was like his heel that was offside. And um, you know that goes in. Liverpool's heads definitely dropped because that's a continuation of their run of form. They just got piped by United uh, in the cup, and. Um, that goal was just that would have been just highlighting the issues that they have because it was an exploitation of their 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 two central midfielders at centre back. Yeah, and we were um, looking yeah. dangerous early on with the game yeah. to Son ball. It was looking good. It was looking like it could work, but yeah, coming on to the Kane injury, like I feel like he should have gone off straight away. I'm yeah. not even saying yeah, that in the hindsight. The I was like. Run. When Even when Harry Kane goes goes down like clutching his ankle, just don't mess about, man. Just take him off. Like he's got such an injury, uh, such a history of those injuries. I I couldn't believe that we left him on, and I thought we were playing for ten men. And then I saw him like limping up front. I was like, what are we doing? And then um yeah, obviously, and then goes and tweaks the other, which had us all shit. It's insane. It's insane. It is insane from Kane to. To um, to 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 get back on the pitch, and it's insane from the coaching staff to allow it to happen because even before the second injury, so the second time he goes down, we were just carrying him. He was not showing oh, yeah. for the ball. He was hiding all across the pitch. He was pulling out of challenges like the Tiago one. Um, he and we were losing the ball because of it because he wasn't showing for the ball yeah. and. That's what, you know, having him on the pitch and him hiding away from the ball is worse for us than him coming off straight away and some, bringing on something else, some, someone else, bringing on Vinicius, who will definitely show for the ball and be able to hold it up. Yeah. And, like, it was just so, so upsetting to see. Because I, I knew straight away, I was like, yeah, like, he's, he's, he, he's definitely not going to be able to continue like we'll definitely take him off at half time but exactly you guys are right like why why wait till half time this is like the like around the 33 minute mark kind of like the half yeah. an hour mark he was on the pitch for another 10 to 12 minutes and we concede right before half time and look that that goal is is um is because of some defensive errors first yeah. from Aurier then between Loris and and Dyer but the fact that we were carrying Kane on that pitch there, there would have, uh, in my opinion, there would have been some point in in that Liverpool move where an extra player in that team may have, um, yeah. it may have been a different outcome. Or if he had shown for the ball earlier, Liverpool don't get into that position. So I, yeah. from from the coaching staff to Kane himself, it was a calamity. It, yeah, I think it, it my... I think it reflects really bad on Jose as well because it just yeah. makes him look like indecisive. It looks like he he's going to Kane to make the decision. I, I don't think it's Jose's fault. I don't even think it's Kane's fault. I think it's that medical staff's fault for saying, look, he's fine, he can continue. Because you could you could lip read it. Mm. Harry Kane was saying Harry Kane was limping off, but he he was saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. 
But if the medical person says, no, you're not going back on because your ankles are dusty as hell, you're not going back on. It's, it's, it's Jose's taking direction from his medical staff saying whether or not he can or can't uh, I don't come back think on. he is. That's I think opinion. Jose's I created think a, an atmosphere where you, you'll put your, to, to borrow Jose's words, put your yeah. balls over, over medical advice because I, I've, yeah. I've literally, I've seen him at times this season, like, Literally, like screw the 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 medical people. Yeah, from he's running sat on the pitch. down. Like, he, he's not saying yeah, anything. He tells them like he literally he like he'll, he'll look at the medical people like if you dare run on the pitch, I'm gonna kick off. He did it with Dyer. I remember Dyer in one game recently looked pretty badly injured, and he basically stopped the medical person from running on the pitch. I just found it unbelievable. So yeah, and you saw the way it was never like explicitly shown on camera, but in my opinion, you can kind of see it on the all or nothing documentary that like he basically is quite hostile towards those medical people because he sees yeah. them as stopping yeah, the his players from yeah. playing whereas Ob- obstacles yeah yeah in reality they're, they're just there's a state of Doing fact job. That, yeah. that Kane is injured um so they're I think... under immense pressure as well because mm-hmm. they know the you know they're gonna be te- people who also love Tottenham the club and support the players uh, and yeah. support the club so they're gonna see someone like Kane going down and against their best wishes, in my opinion, they're going to want to hope that Kane's okay to continue. So if Kane says he's okay and they, that it's, you know, it's a touch and go on whether he can come on, he's going to come on. He's going to come back on. And because like us, you know, they're going to believe like we want to keep everyone on the pitch. We want to keep our best players on the pitch. And um, in my opinion, if that's someone like, uh, someone Sissoko. like Davies or Sissoko's go down, they they're off the pitch. They're off there. Yeah, yeah. Even even someone like uh, even someone like Alderweireld or, or Rodon, they're off the pitch because it's so, uh, Kane, because it's Son, Son or, or if it's Hoiberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of those players are going to go off the pitch. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a situation, and it happens not just at Tottenham. It will happen at. It'll happen at a lot of clubs, but where it doesn't happen, in my in my humble opinion, is in top top clubs, because teams yeah. like City, City, City they'll pull off their best players. Liverpool, they'll yeah. pull them off. Yeah, even, I mean, even Chelsea, Manny, he had like a little doubt. Yeah. He he was gone. Pulled him yeah, off, not yeah. even in the, not even in the squad, and yeah. and it, the the top top clubs, they'll protect their players because they know that they have enough depth. Uh, if the player misses one game. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If they take him off as a precaution and then the player misses a game but he's fit for the next game, that's fine. Whereas that's clubs... clubs yeah. Exactly. Whereas clubs that don't have perhaps a confidence in their depth, they'll keep players on and then it leads to an aggravation of that injury. As you were so saying again, that, Eddie, it, it made me think of... Um something that is very applicable to the point you're saying with uh, Southampton with Danny Ings. I remember recently mm-hmm. he had a little injury. They kept him on for like another 30 minutes and he just got a really serious injury. Oh, well, it was up yeah. for like yeah. one or two months. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's a mentality It happened issue. even at United with Rashford. Rashford um, get, got rushed back to fitness and the first game he, he got back on the pitch, he went off injured again. The shoulder, the shoulder. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, kind of with the cane point like up until that 33 minute mark I thought it was a complete juxtaposition compared to the second half and more so the Brighton the start of the Brighton game the first half of the Brighton game is the worst half of football I've seen under Jose Mourinho at Spurs 100%. but that that first 35 minutes against Liverpool we were intense we were winning battles we made a couple mistakes but that's to be expected in a game like that like at any level there was a couple mistakes but we we looked really good in that first 35 minutes I thought oh you know what we're actually controlling this game I, I, could, I could see another like Man City slash Arsenal mm-hmm. slash we go and nick a, a goal on the break and then they have to try and break us down and we go and nick another goal up until that 35 minute mark I was so happy I was so happy. I think even if we go into like, the into the the half at nil nil time, yeah, yeah, I agree because they have to come after us, and then they've got mm-hmm. two center def- center midfielders as defenders, 
and and yep. and Son and Kane can just Matip goes off at, at, yeah. uh, at half time as well. Exactly. No, I, I think if we go into half time at nil nil, that I think that's what Jose will be even more angry about, which is possibly why Aurier and Mourinho had this clash. We're not sure if it actually happened or not. Um, that that would be why Jose is so upset at the defensive mistakes because that goal completely changes the way we need to play. Completely changes the way we need to play. Because in the second half, if we bring off Kane at half-time and it's at 0-0, we're still fine. We've got Vinicius. We can play some link-up play. You take off Kane at half-time at 1-0 down, you're stretching to find any sorts of chances in that game. Because we play through Kane. Like, they're not going to leave themselves open at 1-0, at 1-0 up. Like, you have to it's just, it's just not that. how Liverpool play. Yeah, and you have to think about the fact that, yeah, exactly, focusing on how Liverpool play, because Kane drops so deep, it's usually up to the defensive midfielders to track Kane. Their deepest line midfielder in that game was Thiago. And Thiago was already on a yellow card in that first half. There, there, there are so many indicators to the fact that we could have exploited that um, if we went into it a nil-nil, because... Anyone who's creating it in that in that position, especially if with their centre back problems, and the fact that Thiago's already on the yellow card, and the fact that those centre backs are not going to be comfortable to be to be coming out and and trying to mark an attacker when they're just going to try and hold their line and hold their position. That's those are the differences between, you know, a bad result and a good result. Managing the game. And it's been apparent over, our, over over the season, and it's insane to think that we're saying this so much under Mourinho, who's classically and historically been a master at managing games and and managing um, position players' tactics over a game. Because especially in the big games, it's it's like a one-off. Form doesn't go into it, you know. It's it's about can we beat them on the day, and and I think. Tactically, we got it right, and we seem to be getting it right a lot of the time. But the application just—it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we've got the either the confidence or the players, in my opinion. Mm. And I think that's why the Liverpool game was so disappointing. So going into this Chelsea, going into this Chelsea game, how how are we feeling about that? I feel like there's not really many reasons to predict a, a win or or even a draw from this. Um, probably the most negative we've gone into a game uh, this yeah. season. Not not looking optimistic at all. It's it's not like as probably one of the most optimistic Spurs fans that I know myself. The <laughs> um, <laughs> not dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not seeing anything but but a loss. To be honest with you, there's there's too many players missing um, that I that I would put straight in the first team. Uh, Reguilon, Kane, Aurier, centre back. Maybe Dyer's got an injury that we don't know about. Um, yeah, honestly, I I just I don't see any any sort of way that we don't come out of this game conceding at least three goals. I think um, is there, is the there worst... a way that we witnessed like Eddie? No. I, I seem to remember when we got your brother on after the the Carabao Cup uh, final. I remember and that's when Pat Frank was in charge. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, a lot has changed since then. But I, I seem to remember we played a bit of a weakened side. Mm. Sides. I don't know if uh, Kane started that. So no, he didn't start the game. Um, he came on in the second half. He didn't even come on at half time. He came on mm. like into the second half, but it was. But like we were saying, it was nil-nil at half time. So, you know, bringing in, in for him to be able to like come in, drop deep, create from that position where he's so comfortable and so uh, he's thriving in this season goes to show that, you know, if we get it tactically right, then we have the pl- we have the players to to do the attacking half. But we haven't been defending right. We've lo- we, we've we've we slid backwards in that in that regard, um, and um, personally, I think 
if we if we are going to get any kind of positive result in the uh, the Chelsea game, it needs to be a di- a disciplined performance. It will need to, and I think we're going to need to match them in terms of um, formation. It just in my opinion, just because um, I don't think if we go into the into the back four, um, I think they're just going to catch us out because Hudson Odoi played at wing back um, on yeah, on the dangerous. on the weekend. And look, with regular back in the side, Davies is going to have a huge, huge issue if um, <laughs> Glenn's already having nightmares already. He's going to have a huge. Ah, uh, it's this on. To be honest, yeah, Davies is going to have a huge issue if. Um, personally, I don't think we we match their we match their um, their formation because I don't want Davies having to go up against uh, potentially Hudson Odoi and Ziyech. You know what I mean? Because they're going to have Hudson Odoi going around the outside and then inside forward. Um, because when they played on the weekend, they played a three-four-three. So, um, and it will be someone like Mason Mount, which is um, which is why um, and and he tends to drift all over the pitch. And I think that's a that will be a disaster for for Ben Davies if he has to um, to mark Ben Davies. And I think. Positive result is a, I think personally, a performance like we did, a, we put in against City two years ago, where we Son, where Kane wasn't playing, and we played with Son and Lucas up front, um, and we defended deep, but we were clinical in in our movement into those attacking positions. Because if I remember correctly, against City, we even played a midfield of like Winks, Sissoko. Uh, and still managed to create plenty of chances for Son and Lucas. Um, that was, was under Poch, though, right? Game. Yeah, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, yeah, it was under Poch. But what I'm saying is that 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 can be used. I think that that we 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 have been playing like that, where we have had we've dropped deep and hit on the counter. That's something that we have in our locker. Um, potentially even better because we're not conceding four goals whilst we're doing it. Yeah, but, but I, I'd I like to see Vinicius. To Personally, I think he he looked quite bright at the end of the at the end of the Brighton game. So I'd like to see him play up front. Yeah, so Hopefully, right. he can take some like some confidence. Start. Yeah, I, I want him to start as well. I I don't I don't do know about a, Son do, you ve- do, you, do you think he's ready to start in the Premier League? Yeah. I'm not saying that we have yeah. any other options. He's got to be at some I'm point. Not saying that we have. <laughs> yeah, he has to be. He has, he has to, to be at some point, and also like his scoring record in Portugal was was is surprisingly good. Like he he's a young player. He had 19 goals last season in the Portuguese league. That's no mean feat. That's that's decent. If we signed yeah, a player for like 50 million who had 19 goals in the in the Portuguese league last year, like before Kane was around, we would be literally like hanging hanging our hats on him, like thinking he's going to be the yeah. next big thing. So he, he's, he's our Felix he's type. a decent player. Yeah. Player, yeah, exactly. But I just think um, I think Vinicius is the type of striker where you need to play to his strengths. And I think we brought him on in the second half, and we hardly put in a, a single cross, mm. a single cross. That and and I understand that Brighton have got you know heavy duty centre backs. They're tall, but Vinicius is very very aggressive and hungry. And I reckon you put that in the mixer, he's going to cause problems. Mm. Doesn't matter if you know you've got like six foot seven Dan Byrne or whether you're playing against the likes of um uh Thiago Silva and, and Rudiger. And um as for Equator, who who who's someone we can target if Vinicius plays. I just yeah. um yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think there's any other way that we can beat Chelsea? Personally, I just I think new manager, a real shake up of the way and and they're keeping the ball. Um, they they made the the most passes in a single half in Premier League history. First game that Tuchel took over. I just think we got to like rely on on hitting them on the counter, really. To be honest, but apart from that, I don't know what we have. To be honest, um, but yeah, I we'll think just, potentially we have the we have the ability to dominate the midfield if we if we do intend to go with a with a like a a five three two. In sense of like, and Dombele, Hoybier, and Sissoko can definitely dominate a midfield two of Kante and um, sorry, Jorginho and Kovacic. Uh, Kovacic. Mm. Jorginho like, is so get outable. Jorginho. Do you know what I mean? He's not like, good at. He like, cannot beat the press. 
exactly against against teams like Burnley, Brighton, etc., etc. Crystal Palace. He he's a great player because he he will thread quick passes. He will do one twos with attacking players, but against teams that press him, he is terrible. Like, surely we can get at him a bit. Surely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's if he plays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think he, I think I think he's set in playing. I think uh, he's one hundred percent playing. Yeah, I think Tickle likes the look of him, but yeah, yeah. Let's see, let's see. Hopefully, hopefully by the time we're recording next, we'll be reflecting on a win. On a win, but feels a long time away at the moment. But um, yeah, I think we, we should just. I've just it got up a there. quick question for you, actually. Go on, um, just going into the Chelsea game, if there was one player that you would take from that Chelsea side and stick it in the Tottenham side, who would you take? That's a good one. I think I'd. What? what in, in, I'd have in, Pulisic this, or, as of this or weekend. Ziyech. As of this weekend, going into the game. So we're, we're about injury problems. No, yeah, as in no. with the sides that we have nah, now. Ju- nah, not not nah, just nah. for one game. I'm mean, like, just if you could take one of their players, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll frame it like that then. I think either Ziyech or Pulisic, because I think our right our right wing is is probably one of our weakest positions at the moment. Maybe Hudson Odoi. Yeah, maybe I, I, I agree. Then I'd probably, I'd either take Mount or uh, Zuma. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Because because I think Dyer and Zuma could potentially be. Oh gee, Jesus! Uh, it, it, it could be. It could be our version. It could be our version. That sounds like a Stoke backline, man. It could be our version. It could be a version of 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 um of Keen West and, Morgan. Uh, Keen, Keen and Mina. Yeah, who from Morgan? Literally, it's who from Morgan. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I think Zuma played really well. Zuma played really well in the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, but it's cut Zuma. Like he's been around for ages, he's never really torn it yeah, up. That's not I his think. fault. They Chelsea have always had established defenders. Yeah, people are better than him. Oh, he can't be that good. I take yeah, Oli G, G every day of the week. Oli G is actually one would would be probably my third choice. Is there what, uh, is there, uh, is, there uh, is there no love for Ziyech or Pulisic? Ziyech doesn't work Pulisic, hard enough. Maybe Pulisic maybe. Ziyech, Ziyech like actually gets carried by that Chelsea team. Like that's the reason why they got pumped against City because he doesn't work. For oh shit. no 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 no! I've I've got one. It's got to be James. Oh yeah, James. he he would think yeah. right back. To be fair, yeah, got a right back, bro. Yeah, right now I f- I feel like we're twerking for Chelsea. We need to end this. We need to <laughs> we need to put a stop to this. Is it, it was a good question though, but I feel like yeah. we're just saying how good their team is and. Mate, we're already going to get bent over on the weekend, so that's <laughs> not. Thursday, right. It's not even uh, the weekend. We don't even need to wait that long. Yeah, yeah Thursday. I, you see, I, just a quick point before we go. Jed made a point the other the other week, and I never felt something more like in my soul when he said, "We're playing too often," and it wasn't because of the fixture congestion. It was simply because um, Tottenham are like had the opportunity. To hurt us way too often now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the worst we're, possible we're watching, time to have this sort of three times between Sunday and Sunday. Yeah, like I would have loved this in like maybe like the Redknapp era or something like that when it were when all the games were just mad and unpredictable. But right now, yeah, it's just pain. It's it's, it's, pain, <laughs> it's man. It's about death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's Spain, but the S is silent, bro. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place to to wrap it up. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, if you made it this far, give us a review if you're on a on a platform that allows reviews. And um, yeah, give us a follow on our socials at N17Pod. Cheers! Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.